team of five kings who had, so to speak, joined forces to attack Gibbon. And Yeshua came to Gibbon's aid. And even though they were successful in the war, but because of the vast size of the armies that they were attacking, so they weren't able to kill everyone on their own. So what happens is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends down hailstones from Nashamayim, and like the Pasuk tells us, more people died from the hail which rained on them than, the, than were killed by the sword of Bnei Israel. We saw from Chazal last time, these were not regular hailstones. These were the same stones, hailstones which came down in Mitzrayim. That in the Makkah of Barod, these were unique. They were a combination of fire and water, and they were lethal in Mitzrayim. And when Moshe Rabbeinu davened that Kodesh Baruch Hu stops the hail falling, so the Pasuk says, that even though those hailstones had already been released, so to speak, from the heavens, they didn't, yet, they didn't continue to fall. They remained suspended in the atmosphere until the story with Yeshua. And at this stage, the hailstones continue to fall and they destroy the enemies of Klai Yisrael. And we ask, what's the significance? Dafka the hailstones, why was that the... We understand that Kodesh Baruch Hu wants to assist the Jewish people, so to speak, in their military operation. But why was it Dafka the hailstones of Mitzrayim, which were used here as the means, as the way that Kodesh Baruch Hu destroys these nations of Canaan? So, now that it's after Pesach and we're more familiar with the story of Mitzrayim, if you look in the Pasuk, when Moshe Rabbeinu introduces the Makkah of Barod, the plague of hail to Paroi, we'll see two things which are unique. That even though most of the Makkahs are introduced, Moshe warns Paroi in advance, when it comes to the Makkah of Barod, the two factors we see which are unique, which we don't find by the other Makkahs. Let's look at the Pasuk together. The first Pasuk says, when Moshe is introduced in the Makkah, he says you should know. Really, I could have killed you already before. If I wanted to, I could have all destroyed you with the Dever. Just like Hashem could have killed all the animals in Dever, he sent the plague which killed the animals. Hashem says, really, I could have done that to you as well. And you would have been destroyed. But, the reason I kept you alive was you should see Hashem's power. And therefore, that's an introduction to the, to the Makkah of Barad. The idea of the plague isn't to kill, just to kill, because Hashem could have done that a long time ago already. The idea is to show you Hashem's power. That's the one point. And the second point, which is unique to the Makkah of Barod, is the Mitzvah had an escape route. The Mitzvah had a way out of it. Moshe tells them, Anyone who fears Hashem from the, from the slaves of Paroi, should gather everything, everything he owns into his house. He's under a roof. The hail is not penetrating buildings. If that's the case, he has a way to prevent the Makkah from hitting him. And it's only Hashem, the ones who don't pay attention, who leaves the things outside, they're the ones who are going to be affected. An amazing thing. We don't find, think about it, by any other Makkah, that the Mitzvah will offer a way out of the Makkah. 
the Makkah was going to come, and the Makkah was going to punish them, and they were going to suffer the full brunt of the consequences of whatever the Makkah was, and there was no recourse. Dafka here by Barot, they have a way out. A mitzvah could come out of Barot unscathed. Just make sure to give everything inside. And they didn't have to work that on their own. Moshe told them that. Moshe said, anybody who wants to be saved, leave everything inside, and you'll be okay. Even by the mark of blood, frogs, oroi, devil, shechin, no one was no one was spared. It hit everyone in Mitzrayim. Dafka by Barat, there's such a way out. And at the same time, when Hashem introduces the mark by saying, you should know that really I could have killed you a long time ago. I'm only doing this to show you how Hashem is saying, I'm only doing this to show you how powerful he is. What's the idea? The idea of Makkah's Barat. Really, we have a precedent of something similar in the Gemara. The Gemara says in Brachos, Why did HaKadosh Baruch create thunder? Says Rashi, and a person hears thunder, he sees something much more powerful. So it uh, brings a certain sense of Yerushimayim. The idea of Barad was similarly to instill Yerushimayim. Hashem said, bring this to show you my power. It's there to bring the mitzvah to recognition of Yerushimayim. And if that's the case, if a person is Yerushimayim, Tvar Hashem, if a person has Yerushimayim, then he doesn't need the Makkah. Since the whole point of the Makkah wasn't to punish, and so Hashem introduced it, the Makkah is not coming to punish, Hashem could have killed you a long time ago. The point of the Makkah is to instill Yerushimayim, then if that's the case, the person who already is Yerushimayim, Tvar Hashem, he doesn't need to feel the effects of the Makkah. He's already got Yerushimayim. It's only for those people who aren't holding by that yet, and therefore the Makkah of Barad was the came to instill Yerushimayim. We see also it's interesting that as opposed to the other Makkahs, Dafka over here, we don't just have a request from Parai to let the Jewish people go. We have an admission of guilt. Vani va'ami haroshoyim. Hashem atzadik, vani va'ami haroshoyim. Parai doesn't just afraid of the Makkah, he also realizes that there was, he's wrong. So the idea of the Barod, and by extension, it's all about thunder, anything which comes down from Shemaim in that sense, right, has the ability to install your Shemaim. Now, why that's significant, why that's significant to us, is because, let's look back at what happened. What, the story of the five kings, the king of Yishalayim and of Hebron, and of Lachish and of Eglon, like we saw, they didn't come to attack the Jewish people. They came to attack Gibbon. Why did they come to attack Gibbon? Because Gibbon made a treaty with the Jewish people. And now they were scared that if Gibbon's going to, so to speak, uh, defect, is the way they saw it, to the Jewish people, then others will do the same. So they felt, we have to teach them a lesson. Not just the people of Gibbon, but any would-be defectors that we want, don't want anyone to break ranks on the Canaanite side. And therefore, the idea of the five kings going to war against Gibbon was to instill a sense of fear into all the other kingdoms of the Canaanim that no one else would, so to speak, capitulate to the Jewish people. If that's the case, Hashem fights Yira with Yira. The point of the battle was to instill a fear of the Canaanim and the other Canaanim. Hashem will do the same thing. And the way we saw in Mitzrayim, how Hashem instills Yerushalayim is with the Barat. And if that's the case, that be here. Hashem used the Barat to wipe them all out. 
Not just to kill them. Exactly like it says in the past, like Hashem could have killed them with devil. Hashem has other ways to kill. But the idea of bar is something which instills fear. And therefore, it was they tried to instill fear by coming to attack, so to speak, their own, give on, but the fact to the Jews, Hashem shows them the opposite. He'll instill fear of Shemaim. And that was the uniqueness of this nest. Even after the Shabbat told you to show up front, he's going to, he's going to give them into his hand, and Yeshua was already victorious in the battle before the hail. It was when they were running away. It was when they already, so to speak, had lost and were running from the battlefield that this happened. So, so, so to speak, Yeshua had already been successful in the battle. But the idea was that the, the hailstones which, which rained on them came to instill that sense of Yerushimai. And therefore we see it, it's interesting, that out of all the battles after Yerichoi, this was the only one where we see just such dramatic nisim. The other battles, we don't, we, HaKadosh Baruch helps you show, and they won. But to use uh, supernatural means to win, so to speak, we only find here. We only find here in this battle that HaKadosh Baruch Hu acts to assist Yeshua in a miraculous fashion. Okay, so that's the first part of the nest. The nest of the hailstones which came down from Shemaim. Now we come to the second part of the nest, which is equally dramatic. And here also we have to first read the Psukim, and then we'll try and explain. Well, at least tonight we'll ask the questions, or in the next year we'll try and explain what the underlying and principle of this nest was. And we're starting from Parak Yod, Pasuk Yod Base. And the Pasuk says, Oz Yedabi Yeshua Lashem. Then Yeshua spoke to Hashem, on the day that Hashem gave the Emori to Bnei Yisrael, in other words, He, get, he made them, He made Yeshua victorious against them. The Emori are one of the nations of Canaan. And what does He say? The whole crowd are listening. Shemesh, this is a famous word. Shemesh The sun should remain still or silent in Givon. That's where the battle began. They came to fight Givon. And uh, therefore he said, the sun should say, remain silent at Givon. And the moon should also remain silent in the valley of Ayalan. That's where they had run to. Now, within the Pasuk, there's something which needs to be explained. Who was Yeshua sure talking to? So at the beginning of the Pasuk it says, Yeshua spoke to Hashem. But then it says, Yisrael, He said, well, guys are watching, Shemesh begivon dom. So he's addressing the sun. He's saying, sun, in given, dom, remain silent. Or remain still. So this, who was he talking to? He's talking to Hashem? He's talking to the sun. And what happens? You can't talk to the sun. The sun is the... So, we need to explain both these things happen. The sun remained silent, the moon stood still. Until Kaishal finished defeating the enemy. That's what's written in the Sefer Yashur. We have to explain also what the reference to Sefer Yashur is. So we said two things. First, the sun remained silent, and that's another thing. The sun remained standing in the middle of the sky. It didn't come, it didn't set for a whole day. I mean, we'll see by the Hashem, there are three different opinions in the Gemara what that means. 
Rizar discusses this pasuk and explains what does it mean that the sun didn't rush to set like a whole day. Okay, so this is a famous miracle we know that Yeshua makes the sun stand still. The question is, why was the miracle necessary? Already Akkadish Baruch had intervened, so to speak, to kill everybody with hailstones. And then Yeshua decides to make the sun stop. For what? What was there left to do? So we'll see. It never happened the day like that before or afterwards. Hashem That Hashem listens to the voice of a man. And the reason Hashem did it here is because he was fighting for Klai Yisrael. And this is also a possible which means explanation. You can say that it didn't happen before or afterwards, and then it's like this, that Hashem stops the sun. That's a very unusual thing to happen. But why does it say, it never happened before or afterwards, that Hashem listened to the voice of a man? Hashem didn't listen to Tzadikim before that. They didn't ask for this, they asked for other things. But uh, we don't find Hashem doesn't listen to a Tzadik. If you're going to define what was the point which was unique about the nest, that Hashem listens to the voice of a person, so that isn't exactly the point which we would have pointed out here. We would have said that it's much more, we should have said, that Hashem stopped the sun. That's much more unusual. And the Amos says that's not really true. Because we find in Chazal that Moshe Rabbein also stopped the sun. It's not brought in the Pasuk first, it's true. Yes. But we see by Moshe that uh, also it says that until the sun set. And then Moshe, the Chazal said that also, Moshe stopped the sun until Klaishol finished the battle. So it wasn't the only time that it ever happened that Hashem had stopped the sun moving. It, uh, it, is more, it is more famous here. It's clear for longer over here. We'll see the different opinions. But that happened before. So what was unique about what Yeshua did? That Hashem listened to the voice of a person. So we're going to explain what was unique about the way Yeshua stopped the sun. And that was the Chiddush of this miracle. So that's the sign of Yisrael and Rashi Pesukim. Ask the questions. And like I said, the next year we'll try and begin to explore this nest. The first one is... At what, when the Pasuk begins, Oz, then Yeshua spoke. So, what is the point of, what is it necessary to make the sun stand still? In the order that the Nach gives it to us, it seems that this happened after the story of the hailstones. So, how is it necessary for him to stop the sun? There really was a miraculous reason for the enemies to get destroyed. Number one. Number two, who was Yeshua talking to? Was he talking to Hashem like this at the beginning of the Pasuk? Or was he instructing the sun? Like it's much later on, then he says to the sun to keep quiet. The third question is, it says, what, this is, Hello, he ksuva al-sefer ayasha. It's written in sefer ayasha, there's a, mechlek, what sefer ayasha means, does it mean the Torah, does it mean specifically Chumash Barashis, and then what's it referring to in Chumash Barashis? And then, besides the fact that the sun stands still, it's Vayamid Hashemish Bechatsi Hashemim. It remains in the middle of the sky. And the middle of the sky, the implication is you're talking about the middle of the day. The sun's in the middle of the sky at midday. And then, like we said, the last point is that there was not a day like that before or afterwards. That Hashem listened to the voice of a person. What's the significance of Hashem listening to the voice of a person? One more question I'll throw in if you're already on the topic. And then we'll discuss this next time. And that is, we understand Yeshua wanted to prolong the day. When Shah wanted to prolong the day, that would give Klaishal more time to fight. So he gets the sun to stand still. Why do you have to get the moon to stand still? 
What's it going to do with the moon? Now, the Emma says, to answer this, to this open start with discussion, we have to explain what Yeshua did. Right? Because if what he did is he kept the world still. In other words, then the world normally revolves on its own axis. And if that's the case, in the sun stood still, but in relation to what we understand it, in other words, the world stopped moving. So the sun stayed in the same place in relation to the world. The moon moves on its own orbit. Right? If that's the case, what does it mean the moon stood still? Why, why, why was that a necessary part of the nest? Okay, so that's Bezashem. These are all the questions on the on the story on the nest. Bezashem, next time we'll try and explain uh, a little bit more of what Chazal explains us what was happening here.